Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Empire. The digital marketplace has vast possibilities in sports. We're going to start leveraging um, the, the sort of ownership of, of a play to earn kind of idea in Green Park that's going to further allow us to reward the fans for their for the fandom. That's Ken Martin, CEO and co-founder of Green Park Sports, where they believe social gaming will be a large part of the content diet. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The NFT explosion in the collectible space has been one of the most eye-opening revenue streams in sports these days. And gaming, whether it's gambling or free-to-play, has gone from taboo to niche to lifeblood for teams, leagues, and content providers. Ken Martin is hoping to position himself right in the middle of this new landscape. Our guest this week is Ken Martin, who is the CEO and co-founder of Green Park Sports, which is a company that is a social gaming developer for sports and esports fans. Hey, Ken, how are you? Nice to have you here. Great. Um, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about Green Park Sports. What are you guys building? So Green Park is is a vision for what fandom um, could be and, and, and I guess in some ways should be moving into the future. Um, we have a whole new generation of fandom that really uh, has grown up gaming and is used to basically having a lot more agency in what they do. And, and you see that in social media. You see that with the way that they, um, we look for likes, we look for comments, we look, you know, everything's quantified. But um, the fandom's hard to quantify today. Like if you said you were, um, if I said I was a huge Lakers fan, uh, it's, not, it's not really a measurable thing. And we think that if you were to intersect the world of gaming, um, where you have an ability to carve your own path and show and, and build up your reputation with your fandom, it creates this whole new connected world where we can, um, you know, in, in, a, in a metaverse kind of context, uh, allow fans globally to all um, connect, collect, compete with each other. Um, so that's what we've been building. Um, we started out in late 2018. Um, let's take one of those examples. Just try to be specific. Um, you do have partnerships with the NBA, so the Lakers is probably a really good example to use here. How do you see this building of the new fan and the new connectivity that you're talking about? Can you be specific, like what that looks like? Yeah, we've, we've looked at um, what, what are those unmet needs, right? When you think about fandom, like if you look at overall uh, general viewership as it, as it pertains to broadcast with, with younger audiences, you know, viewership's going down, but engagement's going up right. typically. Um, so where is that engagement going? Uh, generally social. And Social allows a much more intimate uh, relationship. Um, in, in some ways, it uh, shows a lot more transparency and values. And, you know, that's where obviously a lot of, you know, following athletes, in some cases more than teams, um, comes from. 
And so there, there's a much more higher frequency um, connection to, to, to the player, to the team. It feels a lot more real, a lot more authentic uh, it, it, going through that lens. And so what we found is that as a, as a sports fan and as, let's say, someone that enjoys uh, gaming, you know, having, again, agency and, and being able to score, is that we really want to allow a, a fan to get credit for their opinion. I mean, so, like, a lot of the activity today in the uh, social spaces is yelling at the Internet, basically. <laughs> Everybody's yelling at the Internet. And, um, and, and sometimes it's hard to have a good conversation or it's, it's very ephemeral and fleeting. And there's no progression, I guess. So if you think about progression as something that gamers love, we love to like get to the next level, unlock something else, unlock new features, that kind of thing. Um, we don't think that investable depth exists right now for, for sports fans. So uh, if you were a Lakers fan or a LeBron fan or, or even a fan of a particular brand, we want you to continue to demonstrate your knowledge, right? Know that team, know that players. Um, that can be experience. It doesn't have to be, you know, there's a little bit of a, of a, a little bit of a barrier to, to fantasy. We love fantasy, but it's kind of a commitment. Obviously, there's daily fantasy, but I, I think for the most part, we see the, the, the bigger opportunity as a much more casual audience that really wants to be more emotive, be more emotional. Um, I think the more that you get tied too much into analytical competitions, you almost have to decouple yourself from the emotion of it to, uh, to be effective. So, um, through a season, if you are a Lakers fan, everything that you're doing in Green Park is contributing to the the, the fan team for the Lakers. Even if the Lakers don't make, uh, you know, the finals, let's say, um, or let's say, you know, even in the playoffs, they don't, you know, they either drop out. The fans can continue, right? So even for some of the 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 really diehard uh, supporter groups and fans with teams that that might not make it to the playoffs very often, those fans could persevere. And I think being able to decouple that and, and kind of give them um, that, that kind of uh, ability to represent their fandom, uh, it's got a lot, of, uh, a lot of interest. All right. So what does that look like? Is that collections that are created? Is that games that are created for the fans to interact with? Can you kind of take me through how you guys see that? Yeah. Um, so you could break it down into two basic buckets. One, one let's just call skill and spirit, as an example, right? Because you might um, really love demonstrating your knowledge of a particular player and and or team. Um, and then there's just general spirit, like how much energy do you bring? Um, in a world where we live very much in our phones and online, the type of energy that you would exude if you went to an actual game, right? And I think the statistic is something like only uh, or, or uh, fewer than 10% of fans actually get to go to a, uh, an actual real game. Um, so how do you do that online? Um, how do you, sh- you know, show that you, you haven't missed a game, that you're there bringing sort of like the energy uh, to this um, thing? So it's a lot of that's the social engagement mechanic, if, if, if you will. So as you go into Green Park, if you think about sports, right, there's what's going to happen, what is happening, and what did happen. I mean, it, it is essentially a time continuum of a loop. And if we were a traditional, um, you know, uh, sports network or a content creator, we would be talking about, you know, all the frenzy about what's going to happen in the game. During the game, we'd be talking about what's happening. And then afterwards, we'd have the debate and, you know, analysis and so forth. So what we're doing is sort of gamifying the competition uh, around uh, what is going to happen. And, of course, prediction is a big piece of that. 
um, if you knew what was going to happen in the game, uh, it probably wouldn't be all that as interesting. Um, so prediction is a big part of that. Um, being able to, some of the features that we have coming uh, next year are going to start to score a lot more around that. And while you're there, you know, that ability to drop into, um, you know, for us, I don't know if, if obviously the Ready Player One reference comes up quite a bit with Oasis, you know, the Oasis. But if the Oasis was a sports bar, right? Like if there was this always on sports bar that you could drop into and basically be there amongst other fellow fans and the shenanigans that could occur, you know, in, in a world without physics, um, there's a lot that happen there. So there's that ability to connect with people in that moment and share that emotion. And then afterwards, um, how do you demonstrate like your knowledge of what happened? So we've got a mini game that we've been testing where it's, you're running through these gates and the gates are essentially like what happened in the game last night? Uh, who got more, who got more, uh, free throws? This team or this team? You run through the wrong door, get zapped. Run through the right door, get boosted. So it, that kind of, um, gamification of, of how connected to the game are you is, is at the core of it. And then what's the reward system there? Is Do you end up getting credits? Do you end up getting points? How do you kind of view that engagement model part of it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to separate where I know we're going fully <laughs> to where we are today. But yeah. you can imagine um, in, in most mobile games, there's a there's a sci- an art and a science to, uh, again, the investable depth, meaning Mobile games are great because, um, I'll just use Candy Crush as an example, right? There's dopamine hits. Like, you do something, like, you feel like you're constantly progressing. Yeah. Um, you've unlocked something else. You've got a new power. You've got a new ability. Um, there's not just these big gaps where you just feel like you're just stagnant. Um, so as you go through uh, and win predictions, spend more time in the game, demonstrate your fandom, you are accruing points. And those points uh, allow you to uh, buy things at the merch cart, um, we, as a free-to-play game, also allow you to spend real money. Um, so just like most in-app games, um, you can buy gems. You can use those gems to buy an official jersey, right? An official yeah. um, Lakers jersey and so forth. Um, but the, the bigger vision is to really also connect those fans into the real world. So um, being able to allow them to win tickets to games, being, uh, allow them to essentially be rewarded with uh, physical prizes. And such, um, and that's also where our, our NFT kind of component comes in as well. So we have our, our first big NFT drop uh, this Monday, um, 8 a.m. Pacific, and um, we are those are going to be um, things that will en- uh, enable you as a founding fan to have even more abilities, more access, more status, um, and, and bonusing within it. So we're going to start leveraging um, the the sort of ownership. Of, of a play to earn kind of idea in green park. That's going to further allow us to reward the fans for their, for the fandom. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms. When you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tell me a little bit too about with partnerships with the leagues, 
What are they hoping is the outcome with you? Do they want, are they trying to figure out a way to enhance the experience to bring people back to stadiums? Are they just looking at this as another engagement model for their brands and their athletes and their leagues? How how does the partnership work from from their viewpoint to work with Green Park? Yeah, you know, um, you know the, the 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 age that we're focused on. Um, uh, it, it, I mean, it is a psychographic, right? It's a behavior of what is this uh, modern social, more social fan that's refreshing box scores or maybe watching just the highlights. Maybe they'll watch a couple of key live games. It's very much kind of what you would uh, assume would be more of that connected social sport fan. Um, a lot of those are hard to get in front of. Um, granted, there are some, you know, ability to get in front of them on Instagram and, and, and uh, TikTok and Snap and so forth. But I would say that um, analysis-wise, there's, I don't want to say a lost generation, but there's a generational gap where the fandom, the, the sort of the inheritance part of fandom, hasn't been passed down in the same way. It's kind of gone from a given family to almost a chosen family. Agreed. Uh, fandom. And see if you agree with this. The the what the way I watched sports with my father, who was into sports, um, is not the way I would watch sports with my eight year old son now to pass my fandom down to him, because they interact with it way differently than I ever did. Right. So I agree with you that something got lost in translation in that inheritance part of the whole thing. Well, it's just that the world around it changed. The expectations changed. And, you know, um, for a while, a lot of the reports saw it as we've created a generation of just completely um, inability to hold their attention to anything. We've created this kind of like, you know, um, ADHD kind of, you know, behavior uh, where everybody is just multitasking to a fault. But the reality of it is, is that I, I do think that there is a certain ability to process more and more um, active engagement. And there's an ability to need to feel more connected to what's happening. And so again, right now, a lot of it is the internet as a, as a megaphone. And a lot of that is, is really kind of finding content that they like, that they want to share that represents themselves. Um, sort of that, that um, share and express kind of thing. All right. So, so let me ask this part of it then. And, and because, listen, I'm as engaged as anybody in sports. I work in sports and in content yeah. production. And I recognize that what you're doing um, is exactly what's necessary for the new generation of fans to interact with sports. And we're kind of talking about me and people older than me as almost a lost generation. Do you see a way where the younger people interact with the older fans and modernize them? Or do you see this as, well, you know, time has passed and technology has passed and we're just, they're on their own and they're still reading their newspapers. And you know what I mean? No, no, you know, um, it's a great question. I mean, that's why, you know, I pointed a little bit to inherently it is a psychographic, piece, right? There's a behavior that no matter what age you are, um, you know, my, my parents are, are active on, on social networks, right? It might be Facebook as an example, but like most social networks, they usually start younger and age up. Um, and so the type of um, simplicity that we're trying to find really kind of gets down to basic human needs, right? As a fan, you want to have your identity. 
you want to represent the, the, the team or the, or the group. I mean, these are all things that exist in the real world. Um, you want to be able to have a connection with people. You want to be rewarded. All these things are just basic kind of human needs. And those are being fulfilled in the analog world, right? And, and we believe it's not such a foreign thing. You know, everything is complex before it's simple. And so I, I think that what our goal is is to actually make it a very inclusive thing. We, you know, we're, we're definitely want to pique the interest of the, of the audience we're going after, but it is to be included. Um, in fact, we had a couple of parents that have been testing and they're like, this is great because my kids, they're on the couch, they're like talking about sports or doing whatever, but if we could all hop in to yeah. green sports together, yeah. then I now feel con- connected with them you know, from a family unit standpoint as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, like I played video games as a kid. The video games my kid plays now are far more intricate, far more immersive, far different. And for me to be included with him is different than it used to be in the same way that I want to include him in my love of sports and have that connection with my children. The way we're going to communicate about it is different. It's really, we're in a very unique, time and space with with all, i mean it's not just sports it's everything but it, it is really a unique time and space right now yeah i mean you know minecraft roblox fortnite i mean these are all ones that i mean my, myself included i was like well i see my kids in this world i've been trying to pull them into mine why don't i hop into there yes and, there, and there's certain games like that that aren't aren't that hard you know certain other games like a league of legends you know it, it it's like uh there's, there's a certain amount of study and dedication and there's a pride in that. And that's a whole other thing. But for these more social you know, games that you can go to in your space, it's also kind of interesting too, because you imagine, um, you know, your kids going out uh, to the park and playing a game and then the parents showing up, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have my dad play with us. But in the virtual world, yeah. you can be a cat, right? Like it's true. You know, not as obvious that oh there's a parent running around i appreciate that you think my avatar would be a cat okay i'll keep that in mind <laughs> I just, that it, it maybe maybe yeah. um uh you guys have um have kind of jumped into crypto as well can you kind of just give me your just general sense of why you think that's important to you and, and what you're building at green park and what you think kind of the larger um forward-thinking uh, processes on cryptocurrency as we are kind of in this very nebulous space with it right now? Yeah, I mean, for us, the exciting part about it is is really the permeability of, of owning something. Like, yeah, so for instance, my, and this is part of the reason why we even started Green Park, which all my kids' money from Christmas, birthdays, they get the money and then they're upstairs and then they put it into Steam or they put it into Robux or V-Bucks, or yeah, whatever. It's true. It goes, from, it goes from real money back into digital. And so the thing about it, although, I guess the point is, is that uh, when they get tired of playing that game, that money is now trapped. It's trapped in that space. I, I used the example the other day. It's kind of like going to the mall, buying a shirt. But as soon as you want to leave the mall, you have to leave the shirt there, and you can only wear that shirt when you're at the mall. Um, that's kind of how games have been. But this this movement towards, no, this... I bring that stuff with me. I own it. And if I actually want to sell it and, 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 you know, kind of liquidate that because I'm tired of this, I want to go over here. Um, you have a lot more control and a lot more power. 
So you overlay sports on top of that where collectibles are, are, are a part of that. Things that could have more meaning or are have significance because of the date attached to them or the event. And it really aligns nicely to this idea that I want to invest in my passion, but I don't want that to be trapped in a space that I can't, you know, that, that it's kind of like a, um, you know, an inescapable sort of, um, you know, place. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. It does. And it's all really interesting. Ken Martin is the CEO and the co-founder of Green Park Sports. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Brent. On the next Future Sport Podcast, keeping the fan engaged. That is also the goal of Stellar Algo. And, um, you know, over an audience of millions of fans, we found 20,000 people, a really strong targeted audience. Huh. You know, of which we had um, 2,700 say, yeah, please have uh, actually a dealer contact me because I want to, I'm very interested in this. That's Vince Urcandia, founder and CEO of Stellar Algo, which is building a platform to better understand what fans want from sports. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.